Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have a very special guest, Ryan Lance. Ryan, how are you doing today? Great, great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, 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 of course, of course. Yeah, I'm doing great. Cool. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm just doing great. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, awesome. Sorry, there was like a weird delay there. <laughs> My internet's been weird here today. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on. I It's always fun for me when I can just find somebody, like I was saying before, record it organically, you know, and then be like, hey, I... You know, I have this spot at this date, you know, you mind coming on. So I was scrolling through Facebook and I, I saw your cover and I was just like, yep, I'm a, I'm a history teacher. So the cover in particular really drew me in. Uh, I love that type of fantasy. So I was like, yeah, this this has to happen. So I'm so glad that so, yeah, you know, get you on. So. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I feel very lucky to have gotten that cover. Like it was, I found the right artist, right time who had like the skills and, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, everybody so frets so much about getting their cover done. Yeah. And yeah. for it to pop off first time, like basically like no feedback, just trust the artist to to make something that they like, you know, and it, you know, it's great. Yeah, no, it looks totally awesome. It's definitely yeah. my it's kind It's definitely of, my uh, kind of... We have a feedback there, I'm so sorry. So if that works, sorry about that. I was gonna say it definitely, um, definitely is my type of like fantasy cover. Um, uh, yeah, like every, everything about it, just even like the hues to me with the colors just seem totally right. So to me, and when I, oh, I was yeah. reading your blurb, I was like, that's just perfect. So yeah, he's a you know, he's a great guy, John Molinero. Like he, uh, you know, I found him on ArtStation and you know, I he's still down to do book covers. I think he, you know. Oh. I was really happy to hear all the good feedback coming from it. You know, I don't have any reviews yet on my book on Amazon, but like coming to me about the cover, everybody's like, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. cover, you know? Yeah. So I, you know, I think you should be really like proud of it. Like I'm really thankful for it. Yeah. 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 Well, I would definitely be talking to him at some point. Cause I have um, my Kindle Bella series. I want to put into an anthology uh, and then do a cover from there. And uh, just the style alone and the hues and, um, just everything. I was like, oh, I just love that. I'm like, that's, that's like, I could totally see your story being in my type of, you know, world and setting. And, you know, just, I feel like it captured all the feels basically of, of, of what I'm trying to convey as an author. So I thought that was just really, really cool. So yeah, that was definitely a great idea cool, cool, cool. and great collaboration on both of your parts. So that's awesome. But we're going to get to you and your writing though, speaking of, you know, your books. Uh, so what has your writing journey been like up until this point? So this is this is my fifth book. I've had two novels and two novellas that I've written before. And I've also had like some other long projects that I abandoned along the way for different reasons where novels that got half finished and then I, you know, kind of turned my back on them after a while. But um, so it was like a hard process, you know, like quite a few years ago, I really wanted to be traditionally published. That was what, you know, I wanted. I had that image of what it was going to be like. And, you know, that classic case of, you know, like my skills weren't good enough, you know what I mean? But so, you know, it's like, I think it's like very, it's very tough on the heart to to write all of that stuff. And, you know, and then to realize like, man, I'm just practicing, just practicing. Yeah. But yeah. This book, this book is the first one where I feel pretty good about like the prose and the plot. Like I think the prose and the plot are good enough to where like I did query it. I did try to find traditional, yeah. uh, representation for it and that didn't work out and I was like you know what it's 
it's a weird book, but like, I think it's good enough. So, and I got that. I, I always held on to that, that I was going to do that at some point if I couldn't find an agent because, yeah. um, right. We've all, we're all fantasy writers. We all know Brandon Sanderson. He, uh, he has a bit where he talked about trying to traditionally publish just for the reason to get good. And I saw him talking about that when I was working on my first book, he said that, he said that like, you know, he's like, some people are born, just born great. And like their first book comes out great. Everyone loves it. First time they get published and it's fine. But he said what they don't know, what you don't know about yourself is you can't, you can't really tell what your own skill level is. You can't really assess your own work for its quality. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. he he said that, you know, like you should wait until, I don't know what he said, third or fourth or fifth book or something like that. He said, like, wait until you've written that many and then your ability to self-assess will be good enough to where you could decide to self-publish. But, and so I, I kind of took that to heart. I was like, you know, like, I think I want to know for myself before I try it. And, and I did. And like this book, you know, like it was, it was a hard one to write too, because I started writing it during the, uh, during the uh, things that were going on over the last few years. Oh yeah. And yeah, I yeah. had to move, I had to move a couple of times. And so, you know, I was able, fortunately I was able to stick with it. So it took a couple of years longer than I want to. It took two, two and a half years, something like that, but yeah, yeah. yeah it got, it got done. So, and I'm happy with it. So like, I feel, feel good about it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I do agree with you though. Like, um, you know, like books two, yeah, like three to five, like, um, I have had a lot of people on and I've noticed that once people really get to that third book, you know, particularly for indie publishing, where, you know, they published, they've written and published their third book and gone through the whole process. That fourth book to me is always really exciting. Or if they start another trilogy or a series or whatever, um, I actually have like you, I have, I don't know, I think I have six books that I could probably finish up this summer, I, like take my pick, you know. I'm like pretty close and, you know, they have to be edited and stuff, but you know, they're, they're there, you know, like the, the skeletons there. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm on my, my first novella will probably be, I think my fourth or fifth book. I don't know where I like finished. Um, uh, so yeah, I definitely understand that. Cause I was like, well, I don't want to publish my first book because I was so worried that, you know, it really wasn't going to be to a specific spot. So, cause I also listened to Brandon a lot. It's funny real quick that Brandon, I actually met Brandon Sanderson right when Way of Kings came out. And it was oh, funny. Right. And Patrick, actually, awesome. Patrick Rutherford was there too in the name of the wind. And they're like over to the side. Kevin Hearn was the big person for Iron Druid Chronicles. And he brought all these indie and then the two traditional published authors. Michael J. Sullivan was there. He was a character. But, you know, I it was funny because I feel like I, I knew who Brandon was, but I hadn't read any of his stuff yet. And some of my friends had, but not really. So I kind of met him and Patrick before, you know, and actually Pierce Brown too. Uh, Red Rising had just came out. So it's so funny to years later, you know, see where kind of people get and stuff, both yeah, in the yeah. indie and traditionally published. But yeah, it was, it was interesting. Brandon, I was like, what are you going to do next? He goes, I'm just going to pop out another book. <laughs> so, you know, and a couple of people asked him that he's like, I'm just going to keep writing. So that's that my mantra from day one, people ask me all the time, what happens if people don't like this? I'm like, I'll write another one. I'll write another one, right. you know, like somebody will like it eventually. And that's what, you know, Brandon says in his lectures too, for, for BYU. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think there's a lot of people that kind of brute force their way through by just loving writing and doing it. There's, there's somebody, yeah. so have you, are you familiar with the YouTube channel Film Courage? Yeah. 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 yeah I love a, Film a couple, Courage. A I, I used to watch them all the time. I still do sometimes there's, they had a guy on who was talking about like, 
his mantra was uh, be inevitable. And he was like, he, I, I, I like he that. Wrote like he's like, he, he's like, I wrote like 20 features. Like I just kept going until, you know, like something, something stuck. It's like, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you know, trying people to find, forget. Trying to find the thing. Yeah. Well, people forget George R. R. Martin, right? Like he, you know, he was late in his career when he wrote Game of Thrones. I think people forget that. And uh, Adrian Tchaikovsky, right? Uh, Children of Time. Like I remember listening to him on um, Wizards, Warriors and Words. And he was like, I gave myself after 15 years of writing, I gave myself one more year. And he was like, if I didn't make it, I was going to go get like a real job and, you know, stop doing it full time. And then that's when he wrote Children of Time. And look at him now, you know, so. I just I, I agree with you. It's it's just interesting, right? I like that quote though. That's that's uh yeah. probably, probably kind of my mantra now. I'm gonna steal that from you and him. Yeah. <laughs> but I, like that. I, I took it from Film Courage, so it's free free. Yeah, game. yeah. Now I'm gonna have to go back and uh, check those out again. Somebody said that a while back to me. I think it was Nicholas Larue or somebody because I was interviewing some people for you know different mediums and stuff. Um, audio. Um, uh, some people were doing like audio stories, um, stuff like that, particularly on Spotify. But yeah, I, I watched a, a couple. I'm about to go back to that because that's a really good quote. I don't want to miss out on good kernels like that. Yeah, right. um, but yeah, it's awesome that, you know, you, you know, you talked about like having a lot of obstacles and I mean, I, I, I'm right there with you <laughs> since the pandemic. I feel like it's been, you know, one thing after another. So I, some days I, I tell people, I'm like, I finished my novella. They're like, I'm like, now it's time to edit. And they're like, Oh, that's cool. And then they go back around their day, you know, but I'm like, no, you don't yeah. understand. You, you know, like, like I, yeah, you know, yeah. And it's, it, you know, unless you're in the community, you know, that's why I do the podcast because right. not even really about no offense audience. It's not about you guys. It's about me trying to learn from people like you, but also to keep me going, you know, like to right. see your successes, you know, and be like, that's possible for me, uh, you know, and to try and help people, you know, further along. Uh, Cause uh, I feel yeah. like it's the way we move forward in the indie community in particular, that's what I've seen in 10 years at least. So. But yeah. It would be it would be too brutally lonely to not try to engage in like oh. some community stuff too. Like there would just be no way in. Yep. The books won't be as good. You know. Yep. Like you're really lean on people to try to get it, try to get it done. Yep. Well, I talk about cultural diffusion a lot because I'm a history teacher. I'm, that's all I'm talking about in really all three of my classes, my my three grade levels. And it's it's so funny that you said that because there's so many times where you authors or creators will say something, and I'm like, huh didn't think about that that way. Or I'll mention, you know, or you guys talk about something you did or it doesn't matter if it's the same idea, right? It's just that kernel gets in there and I always get better. My writing's always better. I said to somebody a while back, I said, the only reason I finished anything the last two years, you know, has been because of this podcast, because people keep giving me ideas, you know, or strategies or just support, you know? And to me, it's all the same thing, but no, it's cool. It's, that's like, what. it's so funny that that's like people told me when I met Brandon, all these guys like Brian McKellen was there and, you know, Brandon's protege. And he's like, dude, like, and there were other guys there too, but they're like, this is a cool community to be a part of. They're like, you know, go check the, this person's book. And, um, you know, I go and I'm like, Oh, all three of these people on this side, all, you know, said on their each, each other's covers, right? Like, Hey, this was a stunning book or this was really good or whatever. And, you know, I saw they're like, yeah, we just really come to these things to hang out together you know, and have a good time and maybe sell some books, you know, and I, that to me, like really stuck with me and uh, the indie community ever since. then, I feel like has grown and just grown stronger and uh, particularly fantasy and sci-fi and just became more fun than it was. So I hope we keep it going. So. Yeah. Can I tell you right. one other thing about the writing? Yeah, yeah. It's like, 
I think that was like really helped me. I got this um this writing guide book a while back called The Idea, The Idea by Eric Bjork. Okay. Or Eric Bjork. And uh he gives uh it's all about coming up with like the right premise for your book so that it's something that's like marketable and something that you'll want to really care about. I couldn't tell you what his criteria were, but he has like seven criteria for what makes like a good premise for a book. And you know, like how punishing is it for the characters, like how entertaining it does does it sound? Is it new and novel? But one of them was um, is it life-changing for you to write? Right. And that was one of the most important criteria to him. And it was something that I used when I was trying to come up with stuff for Torchlight was I wanted it to be something that would feel more meaningful to me. So like the two books that I abandoned along the way, I, um, are you, you remember the old uh, Western uh, Fistful of Dollars based yeah, on yeah, like yeah. samurai films? Yeah, yep. I did. I did one. I got about halfway through one novel where I watched all of the movies that were derivative of Fistful of Dollars, right? And then I yeah. outlined a novel that was based on Fistful of Dollars, but was uh, but was um, fantasy, right? And I even watched, there was like an 80s fantasy movie that was kind of like that. And I was like, this is really cool, you know? And I got about halfway through it. When my child was born, she was sick for about a week. Like we didn't get her out of the hospital for like, you know, it's like a week and a half. And so I'm there like every day, right? And yeah, now yeah. the hospital. Yeah. And by the end of that, and then you go home, you're stressed out and stuff. And then you look at this stupid book that you don't care about at all. It's like a gimmick, you know, it's like, oh, fistful of dollars and fancy. I don't care. Right. And it's throwing the trash like I'm done with this. Right. Because it doesn't mean anything to you. It's just like cute. It's a cute idea. And like a cute idea could hear if I could be perfect, if I could have written for six months straight every day, four hours a day or something, just grinded it out and gotten done while the idea was hot, maybe, you know. Yeah. But if anything bad happens yeah. along the way, it steals, it sucks the life out of it, right? And so, like, something that's helped me and with Torchlight, because I had a whole bunch of stuff happen over the last couple of years, and having, like, the idea of something that I cared about that, like, would bring me back to the book and make me, like, read or listen to the whole book again to get back on my footing with it and, like, you know, motivated enough to, like, re-put the whole outline back in my head when I'd have to take time away from it. The only reason why I did that was because of the idea. So I think that's, like, a pretty pretty useful book if you have like any chaos in your life at all oh yeah that's that's a great suggestion i wrote that one down so i definitely have to check that out i do think now when you said seven criteria i do believe that it's in my notes from a while back but <laughs> same thing i have yeah. a lot of stuff happens i feel sure, like it's I a popular idea yeah 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 but yeah no that's that's really good i do agree with you though that you know certain ideas like i, I had a short story that turned into one of my first fantasy novels and i don't think i'm quite there yet in order to be able to write it, I got to gain another level. I did recently, I feel like, but I feel like I have to get one more level up to, you know, to really do it justice because, but I keep sticking with the idea. You know, my friend goes, you keep going back to this. It's going to be good eventually, you know? And I'm like, yeah. but that's the same thing. Those are, there are things in it that it's almost like my therapy. Like I had stuff happen to me and I yeah, you care about uh, it. Yeah. You know, I really care about it. I want people to, you know, it's a redemption story and art. And I, I want, yeah, I, I want to finish it. You know, I have to finish it. And I, I've talked to a lot of people that, you know, that story that you have to finish. Kelly McCullough, when I had him on, um, told me the greatest story because I love his Fallen Blade series. And even more now, because he was telling me how he ended up, um, that was his one that he kept throwing away, right? And that's back when he was, you know, we were physically writing. So he put it in his drawer, though, luckily, because like someone told him. And then he went and then did Web Mage um and then wrote a bunch of those and then that company was like hey we want 
an idea. So he's like, I got this dark fantasy I'm working on. Goes back, changes some things that became the Fallen Blade. Those books, speaking of a hard time, got me through one of the hardest times in my life. And just, yeah, you know, he just, he did just did such a good job, but he cared about the, you know, that story so much that you could just feel it, you know, and the main character had so much talk about trauma. Dang, you know, but talk about redemption and seeing him triumph, you know, like help me triumph in real life, you know, and that's to me what fantasy and sci-fi and just books in general you know, are really cool. So I agree with you. I think that, you know, you really need. 100%. Yeah. But like, and, and I'm not even saying that, like, you and I have to care about the same thing, you know, right. yeah, yeah. Those characters, but you know, you have to care enough, you know, to keep reading, you know, I've had a couple of recent where I'm like, I don't really care about the main character, you know, like, or <laughs> right. what their struggle is or, you know, or whatever. But, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely know that feeling. But yeah, I agree with you. I think you really have to, you know, especially to write it right. You need to, to be that person that that cares about it but uh so speaking of like genres so what genre or genres you're currently writing and why torchlight i think i put that up as dark fantasy sword and sorcery and fantasy action and adventure and just like that's kind of how it fell um i can't remember her name right now because she's new to me but the guest you had on for your last episode Oh man, sorry. I'm so That's I'm okay. so ahead of recording. Mm -hmm. I have to think about it. Oh, oh okay. wait. Uh, sorry, HC Newell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she was. She had like some great comments about like trying to like know your genre and stuff. Like I, you know, she's ahead of me in this game and like pretty smart. So I co-signed a bunch of stuff she said. But you know, like it. Uh, you know, fantasy itself, I feel like gives like some of the most freedom to do a lot yeah, of yeah. different things you know like you can have you know a heist or a romance or you know like all of these different things and it can still be fantasy so i yeah, feel yeah. like if you don't really know what your book is going to be like you know like put some dragons in there and like oh we're good to go you know like <laughs> somebody like it you know <laughs> no it's it's fair i have a it was bugging me i wanted to do something with romans soldiers and the lost legion and a new paper came out and they go oh like they just got lost. Their paperwork got lost. And I was like, you're trying to tell me one of the two premier empires in the world history who were the, the best at who were the best at keeping track of records just lost their second best legion. I was like, that makes no sense. So I was like, I didn't like that. So uh, I don't like that paper or that idea. So I'm like, I'm going to put zombies with it. And that's what I did. And then I changed some things. So I've been working on that. But my friend, he's like, you just take a lot of liberty with fantasy. <laughs> like He's like, you just... But I like I like his I called it historical urban fantasy, you know, and but I was like, yeah, I yeah. just I love those fantastical elements. Yeah, I'm a teacher. I do a lot of crap all day, uh, you know, not myself, but like with my kids, you know, trying to, you know, help them and them through things or their trauma, which I love. But it's hard, you know, the last thing I want to go um, home and do is watch Law and Order when some of the time in my career, I've actually lived it, you know, where I've been you know, having to give police statements or do this or that, you know, and I'm like, I don't want right. to do that in my personal life. You know, I want that escapism. And yeah. for me, writing yeah. too, even though sometimes I write like you, you know, dark fantasy, sword and sorcery, things like that, yeah. things that aren't always great, but, you know, I still like to write the hero triumphs in some way, even if it's not everything that they tried, you know, but I, I think those fantastic elements are, they're fun for me to read and watch. And I think they're just more fun to write. So fantasy and sci-fi to me are just more fun. Yeah, in terms of genre, I don't I don't know if grimdark is considered a genre or not. At least not, not on Amazon. Maybe to maybe to readers. I mean, I know what it is. Somebody says grimdark. I know what I know it is. Yeah, yeah. Can't consider torchlight grimdark, but 
I'm thinking maybe like if I get some more feedback from people, I read it, maybe I'll like start like saying that it's that because I had a couple of people I know read it recently, like the finished Amazon version of it. Mm. And they're like paramedics and firefighters and critical care people or whatever, who are also like readers. And uh, one of them who's a critical care, I think she's a critical care nurse. I'm not, I guess I don't remember offhand, but anyway, I know she has a rough <laughs> job. Right. And uh, except, you know, I, I just know. Like, hey, like my mouth was hanging open at this scene. I can't believe you wrote something that vile. And I was like, thanks. You know, because you meant as a compliment. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that to me just says that you did a really good job writing that scene. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I, well, it's just funny because, you know, you talked about Grimdark and we talk about it in here a lot. And I, I mean, I looked at your book, I looked at the cover. I was like, that's really cool. I looked at the blurb. I didn't care. I didn't look at the genre. I don't care, to be honest, as a reader. I I know the book covers and the blurbs that I like. You know what I mean? And I feel like nowadays we're just getting too bogged down by genre. And I really love indie books, you know, where we can just blur the lines where it doesn't matter, you know? And it's like, did you have a good time? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I can tell reading your book, I'm going to have a good time. Regardless of yeah, what you put in it. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's on my list actually for 2024. So uh, I have a new TBR. So I'm trying to get caught nice. up with the reviews the next couple of weeks, just doing like five, 10 minutes for each book and just popping around there. I've had a lot of people ask me. So I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> uh, I've been bogged down for a while. So I'm trying to get caught up. But um, yeah, but I'm like, that's, I'm like, that's going to be one I know I'm going to enjoy. Now, level of enjoyment for different ones in 2024, I don't know, but that's going to be one yeah. that I know I'm going to get something out of it, you know? And, I don't know. I, I just don't care what the genre is. You know, I don't look. People always ask, you don't look. I'm like, no, I don't care. Like, I, I, I look at it. I know from your blurb and the cover by now, reading as many books I have in my life, that I'm going to either like it or it's not my thing. You know, maybe when I get into it, I have one recently I want to finish just to see if it's different and to also figure out maybe as a writer what not to do because um, I'm not entirely enjoying it. Um, but you know, like, I, I feel like there's always a lesson to be learned, you know, but um, sure. I won't review it that way. I'll review it as, you know, something I learned, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I feel like genre nowadays, it's like, it almost is bogging us down rather than, than helping people. So, you know, some people are like, this isn't grimdark. And you're like, well, it could be, or it could be sword and source, like you said, or dark fantasy, you know, something like that. So I definitely think you have to find your genre, but I think that's why it's so hard today, particularly in indie, you know, it's like some you could say anything, any of us could pick right and right. we might be wrong so yeah i think it ends up just gumming up the works more than anything but it is important but i think it's yeah. hard I think I that's mean, why it's so hard. from an artistic standpoint i mean like, it seems like it seems like that if you write within a genre and stick to the confines of that genre but you do it better than true the next guy that yep. the system does reward you right but yeah, I yeah. think there's also room for like art because like the way the way I went for it was it's like I didn't I didn't really look at but I, I consume a lot of media you know I watch shows I read books I read mostly new authors like not necessarily only indie but like if I see something this is their first book and it's a newer book like I get that I look on Tor's website for new debut authors and I read that right so I'm consuming new media and all of those people consumed older media and so as I'm consuming new media hopefully that comes out in my writing as like a new thing. If you only yeah, read, yeah. if you sit here and you're like, I'm only going to read 
game, you know, like Song of Fire and Ice and Lord of the Rings and sort of Shannara, right? When you write, you're you're going to sound like you're writing in like 1985, right? And maybe that's cool. You could like, there's a market for that too, probably. You could probably pop that up on Anza and be like, for the fans of the sort of Shannara. And it's like, cool, if that's like what you want to do, right? But I, th I think like, it's as somebody who's consuming new media, I would like to think that like, some of the stuff that we're coming up with now, even if it doesn't fit the genre, people are going to look back and be like, that's the genre. That's like what we, that's like what we're doing now because we all, yeah, yeah. we all drank the same stuff. We all ate the same stuff. And now we're showing up and doing what we do. And so, you know, looking the genre in a little bit of ways feels a little bit like looking to the past to me rather than like consuming the new media and making the new thing, which yeah, is a yeah, risk yeah. too, you know, like, because maybe, maybe your art's just not that good. It sucks. Like, oh, well, you know, but that's why we're all doing it because like some yeah, somebody's going to make something great, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's totally true. Yeah, I I like the the way that you put that. I think that's totally totally accurate statement. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that that makes total sense. Uh, but I want to make sure that we got enough time here to you know to talk about sure, your. Yeah, book. I know we're taking them off. No, it's fine. We're just getting good stuff. So, but I want always want to make sure you know I save that really good chunk of time you know for people's own works and I, I'm. Really excited to read your book. So I was coming along on social media. I think it was Facebook. And I was, I think it was, I don't know if you had an ad or someone shared it. Uh, and I was just like, yep, that's my thing. So, uh, you know, I just want to make sure, you know, we have enough time, you know, to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I have questions. <laughs> um, but what is your book, Torchlight, about? And how did you come up with this idea? So I, because of that time in my life, like in, in my real life, I was just dealing with like a lot of struggles of like, parenting and like my marriage splitting up and moving and you know co-parenting and doing all these things right I had a lot of negative feelings and a lot of negative emotions and I thought like yeah. you know I'm going to you know, like anything I write now I'm not going to be you know able to one of my unpublished novels I had a character that was so good and so magnificent and so like wonderful person I started meditating every day just so I could try to get into her headspace a little bit right okay. I didn't have to do that for Torchlight Torchlight I was like having to take like I would take like a three, four mile walk once or twice a day just to like relax my anxious energy so that I could like sit down and write, get up in the morning and take a walk, go out and I take a walk. And so I had these, you know, a lot of these feelings. And, you know, I thought like, like, I think I want to write about bad people who don't overcome these feelings. Like, what would it be like to be a tragic care? Because I felt like I was like overcoming. I have like a great relationship with my daughter. I have a great relationship with my ex. Like, I'm living in a good place. Like my life is fine. I knew I would overcome it. But when you're in it, you're like, what would this tragic character, like people who like really like to send down the spiral be like, right? And so I have, I have this one character. I have like two main, I have five point of view characters, but two of them carry the lion's share of both the two that the story's really about. And there are, uh, there are a couple of sorcerers who are in a romantic relationship and they both are cursed. They're both cursed with these, magic eating spirits that they carry around inside those orbs of light where they get their powers from and because they eat magic everyone you know the people in their like little insular points of light society um don't want them around so one of them still uses his power because it's useful to him and so he's kind of like exiled and has to live outside the city and then the other one pretended that she exercised the spirits and so she keeps him like stuffed down and like sneaks magic for them or whatever, and then like tries to live her life inside. And so what ends up happening is the two of them go on this like errand, this like little quest where they just had to take some of their magic to another monastery town for the king who lives there. And along the way, 
they discover like a new source of magic that's like so powerful it can solve all the problems for where they came from right but the um the guy who's been living with his spirits he's like hey if she gets this supreme power back to her monastery they're going to fix the walls they're going to fortify the wards they'll get rid of the demons like she's not going to need me anymore she's not going to need my spirits she's not going to need me i can't let her have it and then on the flip side she's like hey we need this you have to promise me don't tell anyone about this and from there they have their split and they go their separate ways and then they get their own friends together and their own friends groups who support them in their various ways and they lead competing expeditions up the mountain to try to get the treasure and keep it from one another and they're terrible people so like their their friends are in bad company which they find out yeah. <laughs> that's awesome i was gonna say once you said like there were a couple words you said, I think you only got five words in. And I was like, check, check, check. And that's why I think readers, uh, just saying, like, I think sometimes when I see people with reviews, I don't look at reviews, but if I do, right, um, sometimes people share, they're like, oh, yeah, like, um, I think it was Rhett C. Bruno shared Cold as Hell. And somebody was like, they swear all the blah, blah, blah in here. And he made it an uh, advertisement. Yeah. And now it's really funny. It pops up all the time for me. I love it. But uh, it's like, one star review and it's like well what did you think with you know a, a a book that's called cold as hell uh and being you know like that genre um but it's it's just funny you know because i'm just like check 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 so i feel like one thing is like readers really have to know themselves more but that all sounds awesome i gotta say when i read your blurb i was just like this just sounds so cool um yeah i just i, I don't know and with you explaining it there it just like adds to it um yeah, so for me, like, I felt like your blurb was, like, dead on from your description. So I think that's uh, something that people can also oh, take. Good. So I was like to point that out for blurb. So definitely check out Ryan's blurb uh, for Torchlight. Uh, nice. You got to make sure you check out the cover. It's one of my favorite ones I've seen the last couple of years. So definitely, definitely, those are two things I feel like you got, you know, right away that most people take a while, you know, to kind of go with. But um, I was curious um you know just going back to like your characters you know and um just like overall when it comes to your world building uh, i was just curious like like how did you go about your world building for this book uh and like kind of like what did you focus on first did you focus on the magic or did you have the idea with these two people first i was just kind of curious at where you started i guess so for the world building i am um... Now, if you're familiar with the screenwriting guru, John Truby, he has like some yeah, books yeah, yeah. on how to, how to do screenwriting. I, I really like his method on it. And so his method for coming up with characters, which I use for this, is you think about like the central action of the story, like what these characters like have to do in order to like progress through the plot. And then you come yeah, up yeah. with like the, the, the kinds of people who are the least capable of doing it. And so then it builds in either a tragic arc or like a heroic arc where they either overcome like their inner problems or they don't. And so then once I knew that, um, Torchlight takes place entirely on this place called the Isle. And it's, you know, it's war-torn and like the remnants of the last war caused demons to plague a large part of the Isle. And there's, and there is like mentioned like these other societies who are outside of it, but the characters who are inside are just living in these mo fortified monastery towns. They don't have contact with the outside world. They don't talk about it. They're doing their thing inside there. And because, because my story was, it's not epic fantasy at all. It's about it's about this relationship between two people and what they're dealing with. So I didn't need an expansive world. Like I, I kind yeah. of thought through what the expansive world would be like in case like I wanted to go there at some point in the future. But for this, for this story, it's two characters, it's their relationship. So 
playing in the sandbox in the confines of this one ruined aisle was like all that they needed. Like honestly. Well, I think that I think that makes total sense. I've actually talked to quite a few authors too recently who do you know write epic fantasy, but they're doing the same thing where you know they're really like zooming in. Uh, I guess you know, talk about genre. I guess my fantasy book. One of them you could consider epic fantasy, grimdark. I don't know, but um, I'm really just focusing on one city, and then later on, then yeah. they'll you know go out. So talk, mention a few things here and there, but really like you, like I'm really zoomed in. You know, it doesn't matter really what's happening outside the city like it doesn't matter like we're really just talking about these characters and they've lived in the city their whole lives and been there haven't really been outside the city except for a few fields um you know further out imagine so that, I definitely get that yeah i would definitely start talking over you there i imagine that for for your fantasy though since you have like a city it gives you a lot of inroads where you could talk about oh, other parts sure. of the world and people from different places and yep. you know bring all of that together into like one little tinderbox yeah, well, Rob J. Hayes, I think, just did such a good job. You know, um, wow, I can't believe I'm blanking. I was just looking at um, his books. Um, like, the recent one was, like, Sins of the Mother. Um, but anyways, uh, but they have, like, the first one, right? Like, um, they're trapped, like, the main character, like, trapped in a prison, and then they kind of go from there. But I just, I really liked yeah. how, um, I like how he has represented certain of his, you know, cities and places. Like, they almost have, like, they're almost like their own character, um and i really That's like really that. People can do that yeah but i just you know he i don't know i just like i talked to emily inkpen and she just had a great way of talking about like how that was a great episode her and i had but like just talking about like how she set up her world building and what she focused on and you know then kind of went um with the characters from there sort of thing it's just always to me interesting how different people start because you know you just I always call this a journeyman's podcast. People like, you know, myself and you, you know, who are either just got something out there or just getting things out there, you know, and uh, I just always think that, you know, maybe if you're struggling, try something different, you know? So I've talked about what I've done. You know, you talked about what you've done. There's other, there's plenty of people on here, you know, who have tried a method, but I think at some point, you know, like you'll find what works for you, but you don't know if you don't know, you know, that's why we hopefully, you know, people watch and listen to podcasts like this. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I know I'm going to, interesting. And I know I'm going to go back through and look for some of your recommendations from here. It's like, who did you say did that? Who's got the city book? Like, who's, you know? I'm like, I'm going to look it's, really gonna, it's really going to bug me. Um, but just just so people know, um, so I reference like Michael R. R. Uh, Fletcher, uh, Geo Jedhern, Rob J. Hayes, Dirk Ashton, Wizard Wars and Words. Just go through their entire, all their seasons. Like, just amazing. But they're ones with Will White and... Um, Oh, Brian McCullen. Uh, there was somebody else that was on there. Um, oh, now I'm gonna blank. I'll have to send it to you. Uh, but there was there was a few people on there that they just did such a good job. Um, and just like you know, describing certain things. But you know, like world building, they just had some amazing world building aspects. Like Adrian Tchaikovsky when he was on there. Um, oh, Brian Stavely. Brian Stavely's was so cool. Um, and I'm blanking on the book. Skull skull something um skull sworn i think it was um but yeah just like just amazing you know strategies in terms of world building and characterization so i highly recommend just their entire um series <laughs> like they had some really really good ones but then with will white was just like amazing no matter which one it was brian stably was amazing um adrian tchaikovsky was like really really good um yeah they got some really good ones on there but yeah i always like to ask people Absolutely. like kind of there but 
But this actually leads me right back to, um, you know, your magic system. I was curious at how you went about creating your magic system and yours just seems really unique. So like, did you worry about like creating a magic system? Some people like me, I just yeah. kind of put it in there. Like I don't really talk about too much. So, so, so I, I don't always write this way. For example, my work in progress has a very soft magic system with lots <laughs> of things that can happen. Torchlight's not like that. When that, when I, when I started writing this, I was like, really interested in some video games that have like more superhero type <laughs> team fighting in it. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, I think I want to try to write towards a set piece battle scene where I have these <laughs> two teams coming at one another and they've got like the tank and the striker and the flanker and the support character. And I was like, yeah. I think like, I want to like play this out. And it, it didn't really happen in the book. Like it, it didn't once, you know, like once the rubber met the road, I wasn't able to like get the set piece scene the way I wanted to, but it, it came off kind of, you'll see. But the, um, but I did aim for that. And so I have these um, different types of uh, colored orbs that people carry. And each one has kind of like a, a set list of powers that they may or may not be able to get. And then other associated magical abilities. And so the character's magic in this is like very limited. Like they really work towards like, you know, like the goals of survival in their society. So like somebody might be able to like enchant weapons or create barriers that spirits or magic spells can't go through or hard shields that can stop physical things but don't work against magic very well or don't work against spirits um you know there's like some magic that's used for making alchemy some magic that's used for healing or for hiding and uh and so i just made it to where like it's it's hard it's a hard magic system in that the characters can't do things that they can't do like if your character's a healer, if this character's a healer and they can create like a barrier, there's never a day in Torchlight where they reach deep down and pull out a new power. Like they really stick to what it is that they're up to. And that so that allows you to kind of yes, I, I went so far with it that I actually wrote I play a lot of tabletop role-playing games. And I actually wrote like a Dungeons and Dragons style role-playing game where we've got, you know, magic colored spheres and they ranked from one to five, and that's five you know one to five ten sided dice and that tells you like what the effect of you know like strength of that ability will be compared to another ability and modifiers and i just wanted to like make it come off and make sense in that way yeah, yeah. also yeah. also because i was shooting for the moon too right i was like i was like torchlight it's going to be a video game it's going to be a role-playing game it's going to be a movie you know so i would like, totally <laughs> play torchlight the role-playing game yeah sure right um, yeah. but i, yeah, I <laughs> It just sounds awesome. <laughs> and seeing the aesthetic and hearing you, like, I would definitely play that as a video game. That's definitely my kind of, I'm like trying to get Guardians of Ember right now to work. I got a few other things. Black Sky was one. I think that looked really cool. But yeah, I would totally, I would totally play that. <laughs> I cool. totally get gamifying, though. I actually ran my last D&D game from my fantasy world and took some of the things. Oh, cool. And that's actually how I was testing things out. And then it actually ended up being a writing session for me where some of the things I changed based off of in the moment, I was like, oh, this is way better. And I wrote notes. So I modified cool. everything. And then I was modifying the manual, you know, as I'm going, uh, which I That's highly awesome. recommend yeah. to people who like D&D. So I, I totally get that there. I have different uh, like mold-like crystals um, that are actually organic beings um, that do different things. Uh, but yeah, it was like, it was really fun. But yeah, I, I, I always wanted to do my own game manual. So I, right there with you <laughs> but i would definitely cool. buy torchlight um you know the the 5e manual or guide or something like that that sounds yeah awesome. that'd be great if anybody andy developers out there want to want to license rights from me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> awesome. Um, that actually leads me to my next question, because um, I got this from somebody who asked me uh, when we were gaming. Um, if you could pick one location, you know, within your world to visit, uh, which one would it be and why? So the characters don't go there. Inside my world, there's a, a forest with a road that runs between the two remaining monasteries where the, the one where the king lives and the one where his abbot lives. And that's like the, there's a conflict between those two monasteries. And the reason why the characters have this place is because within the confines of that area is where the alchemists are able to generate these orbs of magic to do their spells. And that's why they won't leave. Right. But if you cross over the road and then you go into the moorlands and then into the plains that are kind of on the other side of the aisle, the demons aren't able to travel out there. They can only go within a certain distance of where the war happened. And so there's nomads that live out in this area and they're, you know, I really enjoy watching YouTube videos where people like embed with the, you know, like uh, um, nomadic people from around the world or when like those okay. when nomads like do their own YouTube videos, you know, you see them like, you know, bringing their reindeer in, you know, or they've got, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. taking like hundreds of goats up the hill or horses, they're hunting wolves and trying to protect their sheep and they're moving between camps throughout the year. And I, I wanted to catch, I wasn't able to like put the story in that area like I wanted to because the story just didn't go there for me, maybe in the future, but but that part of the world is there because a couple of the characters are nomads from that area. So it's like, oh man, like taking care of the animals and camp living in these like close family campsites and, you know, just having the good life out there. <laughs> like that's, you know, it's like an aspirational place. You know, I think we could all kind of see the attraction of like living in a yurt and moving around and taking care yeah, of like, yeah, and yeah. taking care of the people we love the most, you know? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because Sienna, my first episode uh, this season for season three, she actually did that. Like she travels a lot. So she um, actually um, went and did that. So it's funny that you mentioned that. She's like, cool. yeah, I lived in a year for a while, you know, and she went and um, lived in Mongolia for a little bit. And yeah, like mm -hmm. did a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> like, um, Yeah. So I her and I talked a lot about that. Um, but yeah, I just, it's, it's always interesting to me to ask people that question because people always have, one particular spot i it's funny that you mentioned that i have in one of my books i have um this guy who was like a scholar it's kind of like my fantasy version of indiana jones if you will um but um yeah he goes and actually at one part of book one he goes and gets has to get help from a bunch of like essentially like bedouin tribes and i just got so involved in the research trying to bring cool. their amazing culture you know to life that I had to take a break for a little while and then I got, so I have to go back eventually. But I, that was like, definitely, definitely hanging with them would be really cool. Um, I always think of, um, oh, Jed from uh, Wizard of Earthsea with Ursula and where he like goes at one point with like his apprentice reverend book three and um, book two or book three, I forget. But like he gets like with the people that um, live on the ocean with the whales, essentially. And that's just like what they do. And I was always thinking like, God, ah, that would just be like really, really cool. So I always yeah, yeah. thought that would be a really neat question for people. So yeah. I feel like people that's always cool, have yeah. that spot, you know, that they. Yeah, for sure. You're you going to write like, something you love into it. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. yeah. It's just always more fun that way. If not, what are you doing with your time, you know? All right. Uh, yeah. So, this is always my favorite. A, a, a fellow author gave this to me a while back. So he goes, I just want to see what people would say. If you had to fight one person or monster from your book, who would you be most worried to fight and why? 
So the monsters in my book, I couldn't fight. Like there's like a dragon, there's demons, there's little fog clouds of mist that like just dissolve your flesh and pull it up into the air and make it disappear. Cool. You know, like there, you, you, you can't, it's stuff that you can't fight without magic, right? So narrowing it down to like the main, the main characters, like in the book, um, there's this one character named Chitris who has a, you know, a number of point of view chapters throughout the book. And he's a, he's the shield bearer. He's like, the head of the monks that can like produce force fields that can block physical things and they train martial arts and they train these shields or whatever and he's just like this big he's just like this like big hulking lion of a dude that has like a shield that like no one can mess with and then he and even though he has that he still wears the bronze armor the bronze greaves the helm the breastplate then he's got like the javelins the sword the spear and uh and he just uses his shield to wear people down. And then when people get past that, he uses martial arts, you know, he's kicking people in the leg with his bronze grieve, you know, and, you know, stuff like that. And so it's like, it's, it's hopeless that a guy, a guy like that, it's hopeless against every step of the way you come with magic. He comes with shields. You come with a sword. He comes with, you know, like other kinds of shields or with, you know, you know, like just as martial arts, like, so that, that guy, he's, he's a, he's a tough one. He's a tough one. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. Kind of makes me think of a guy I was writing where it was like he's like a monk, and um, I, I always picture like Forrest Griffin, the UFC fighter from back in the day, yeah, yeah being yeah. like this monk, but with like like my character. But it's the same thing. Like I always like people are asking me, I was like, oh, I was like, he does some cool stuff. Doesn't have the greatest power, but like Brandon Sanderson, I just love his, um, you know, his take on it. You know, is like like Aloe of Law. You know, like. Um, I love that book, but I, I love his take on it, you know, is he doesn't make them super powerful, anybody, but he just gives them the, you know, one power that they can really use in multiple ways. And it's that creativity that makes them powerful right now, their power. So when you're saying that, that's what that makes me think of, you know, that type of thing instantly. I feel like there's just so many cool things you could do with shields, you know, especially as a martial artist, you know, you can block, you know, do different things and that that just sounds like yeah. a fun character to write. So that yeah. that that if I wasn't sold already, Ryan, you actually just sold me because I'm huge in the martial arts. So that's that definitely sounds like my kind of guy. So <laughs> right, right. Cool, cool. that character. So that's super cool. I uh, just definitely want to make sure you know that we had some time also you know to talk about you know some future projects and things. Um, but I just want to talk real quick. Um, you know because I think sometimes we you know, forget. Uh, so I always kind of add this in lately for season three. I'm curious that like what you consider your greatest success so far as an author would be. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the writer Orson Scott card, I'm not co-signing Orson Scott cards, problematic things when I bring him up, but he has a writing book I read a long time ago, like a guide. And yeah. he really believes, he really believed at that time that um, like success is very luck driven he like he said like you can't control the luck aspect of this like you can you can buy a lottery ticket by writing something good but you can't control if your numbers get pulled so his definition of success was did you write a book that at least one person not friend or family liked and then and if you can do that like you've done the thing like that artistically that's it and so like you know like yeah like i'll take it i take my i take my win like i'm gonna like you know i've had some people tell me they liked it so, you know, cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm, I'm taking that, like, that's, you know, it's enough for me. So, yeah, I, I hope lots of people read Torchlight. I hope it gets yeah. popular. I hope like, you know, people I haven't like, you know, had like strangers put 
reviews up for Torchlight. Like I've specifically told people in my writing group, like, hey, or friends or family, I'm like, hey, no sock puppets. Like I, I've already known you, you can't put the review up, you know, like people that I know don't like know as well might put one up, right? But like, you know, like the people that like I could go in there and be like, yo, five star me with your sock puppet. Like I'm not doing that. So I'm yeah, hoping yeah. that, I'm really hoping that when the review numbers pop up, I'll be able to be like, hey, three people that gave me four stars, those are real four stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. like that's what I'm hoping for, you know. But yeah, like some people said they liked it. So like that's, you know, like I'm just playing it by ear, you know, like I, I hope more people read it, but like I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy people like Torchlight. I did publish a short story once. I, I did get paid 10 bucks for a short story once. So I guess technically that's my greatest success. So, <laughs> well, I just always, yeah. I just want to bring it up because I think that people, yeah. people, always, I had some people ask me privately, right? They're like, like, oh, I'm really worried about this. I'm worried about that. I'm like, what are you worried about? You know, they're like, well, I'm worried that no one's gonna like my book. I was like, there are literally how many billions of people on this planet? I'm like, there's gonna be somebody that likes your book. You know, I, if you go back, my brother always makes fun of me. You know, the last 20 years, he's like, I can't believe you like that movie. I'm like, I yeah. liked it. You know, Pathfinder, right. the Native American, yeah, you yeah. know, take a Viking orphan in, and then he has to defend them later. I love that movie. My brother hated it, yeah. you know. Um, Stealth with For Jamie sure. Foxx and Jessica Beale and whatever that other guy's name is from Fast and the Furious, the villain two or whatever, the second movie. Like he was in it. That movie that was really interesting, you know. So you know, yeah, and we're artists, you know. I mean, like I mean, like it's great the idea of being famous or whatever, but I mean, like, think of all the art you love that's not famous art. You go to a bar and there's a band playing and the band has been playing together for 20 years and they, they're not famous, but they're awesome, right? Your writing group is like your band. You know, you yeah. go to an art festival where people are outside with their paintings and you see them and you're like, you really admire, you admire it. Like, you know, they're not, they're not breaking the bank with what they're making, selling paintings that like, you know, art shows, right? But like, you still admire it. You still be like, hey, that's good art. Like, appreciate this art that we saw. And so, you know, I feel like that's what we're aiming for. And then, like, the commercial aspect that pops up, like, cool. You know, I, I mean, everyone loves money. I love money and fame, right? Like, <laughs> like those are great things. You know, cool. But like, but like, first and foremost, like, you know, we're we're doing art. You know, so you got to think of the times like where you saw art that wasn't famous that you still admired, and you can be like, can I be like that? Like, that's like step one. You know. And if it's and if that's like enough for you, if you can like hold on to that, then you can just keep doing what you're doing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I always just think like I want I don't know. I I I guess now I'm like my friend, he goes, You just like he goes, you know, I don't think you care if anybody reads it. He goes, You just want to keep writing to get the story out there, you know, just to I said, I, I at this point I write for my son, I would say partly is like I want him to even if he doesn't like urban fantasy that I write or fantasy or sci-fi, I want him growing up in a world where his dad you know, from age like 13, wanted to write their own book and then mo wrote multiple, you know, if that's the only yeah. thing I've done. And then the only other thing I've done is made my words immortal by writing them, you know, yeah. and, you know, oh, my yeah. grandkids or somebody can go back, you know, and be like, oh, my grandpa did that. You know, my great uncle had published a couple of books and it's cool. You know, he passed away years and years ago, but it's cool to get to go and check those out, you know, and say like, these are his words, you know? So those are some of those intrinsical things, you know, that, you know, I, like, I just want, you know, so the other stuff, cool. Sounds good. You know, right. I, I too, like, yeah. yeah, you know, people to read and, you know, stuff like that. But, um, you know, at the same time, you know, like, yeah, I, 
yeah, I feel like there's just other things, you know, that to me are, are more important, you know, and as long as I, my, I saw my wife was like, as long as I can break even and just keep writing another book and getting it out there. That's why people ask me, what if you don't, I'm like, I'll just save up and I'll just write something else. I'm doing Kindle Bella right now because I don't really yeah. have the money. Um, and then I doing my novellas because I don't really have the money uh, for, you know, a lot of editing and covers. So hoping to either break even or at least get better or whatever. So I think, you know, yeah. different people's successes and, you know, what you value you know, really should come back to that. So I think different people, you know, are looking at Brandon, you know, and like, oh, all this, but it's, you know, at the same time, you know, he wrote 13 books before he actually finished one, you know, like really, really finished one. So, you know, that was success hard earned, I would say, you know, I think some people think yeah. he was lucky or whatever, but I, I don't think that, I think that, you know, I would disagree with Orson there, you know, I think that he just kept working at his craft, you know, and he'll say that all the time, right. With his lectures and stuff, you know, like work on your craft, get better. And, you know, you also have to think right. about what you want. I love the BYU lecture where he talked about that, right? Like some people are okay. Like his friend is okay writing a book every three or four years. His, you know, one of his female author friends from his writing group. And he's like, she's phenomenal. Could she make it full time if she wanted to be tradition published? Probably, but that's not what she's about. She's about the craft and the art, like you said. So, you know, she's getting mm -hmm. out of it exactly, you know, what she puts in and wants. So I just think, you know, like we should each measure our successes, you know, and I think a lot of people too, I talk to a lot of my kids. I think a lot of times they, we forget those little successes. You wrote a book and then published it. You know what I mean? And like, that is just like, most people don't do that. You know, our community is really small. I'm sorry. You know? Somebody's, I am so sorry. Somebody's pounding on my door. Oh, right um, can, uh, we, can we pause the conversation? I can see yeah, what's going yeah. on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me do that right now, actually. So we'll go with that last question. Do you have any um, news updates, current projects, you know, anything like that that you can share with us? Yeah, I'm a I'm a good chunk of the way along with the new novel, like probably three quarters of the way done with it. I've already got cover art being worked on for it by the same cover artist, so that's going to be fire. Um, the working title for it's called Gale Birds, and this is something that this is a story that goes back to. Um, back when I was doing emergency medicine back in the day. And uh, so in this story, it's again, I have two characters. And uh, one of them is this powerful sorceress whose um, father is a, uh, who is a vampire. And she's running the kingdom for him while he's asleep. And then, you know, protecting the people from him when he gets up at night. And so she's running back and forth, doing all of these things to like, basically like protect the kingdom, like from her, from the vampire king. And so while she's doing that, she suffers this mortal wound and she's got the sword just stuck in her chest, you know, that nobody can draw and it's taking her magic away or whatever. And so her father being a vampire knows that he could save her by cursing her with vampirism. There's these other sorcerers who are necromancers who have other ways that are horrible for making her immortal. Other people that could turn her to stone or put her soul in another person's body, like all of these things that she doesn't want. And so the book is like, really, it's about her right to die. And so then the other character is this healer who, you know, for a number of reasons to like protect, protect people he knows from her father to save her life for all of these different reasons, wants to get this magical sword pulled out of her. But, um, you know, that's easier said than done. And all along the way, all of these people are trying to save her by giving cursing her with immortality that she doesn't want. And so the two of them are trying to figure out how they're going to save her and then failing that, how they're going to let her die. And so it's a, you know, 
when you're doing emergency medicine, you run into that a lot where you have people like sometimes that want to die and there's like a disagreement about that. And that's something that comes up in people's lives a lot. And it's very traumatic. And so some of those experiences always stuck with me. So yeah. seeing if I can, you know, you know, make this, you know, like and to find some of that energy in her character. And it's turning yeah. out really good. It's actually like I like it a lot. Like the book is like actually just like turning out great. So I'm hoping it's going to get done quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds really interesting. <laughs> so you yeah. have to check that out when you're done. That sounds really yeah. cool. Plus, there's like tons of magical yeah. combat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. But again, it goes in, back to genre. You know, I think there's just so many fun things you can do like that. You know, like bring the real. I want, I want to do like a firefighter thing, you know, or like a fire inspector. Yeah. Have it be like an elementalist, but like a Harry Dresden sort of thing. And, you know, and he inspects. Oh, that's cool, yeah. And then tracks down arsonists or different sorcerers. That's or fire. That's so good. That's yeah, so good. So, you should just write I think that. It'd be cool. That's so good. Yeah, I have like a guard, like a city guard, right? I was like, instead of you being the hero, what about me being the guard and then having to, you know, do different things? And then you kind of see as the city guard moves up, but you see all these, you know, other things that happen, you know, and he has to deal with the non-superhero-esque things, if you want, or magical things. But, you know, the hero gets to do all the fun. And you actually see the hero right. doing the fun stuff. So I always think of stuff like that. But it's like fantasy is cool, right? Because... I know I love sci-fi, don't get me wrong, but I love fantasy because I feel like you can take the real world things like you just mentioned. And there's just so many different, it just changes the entire story, you know, and it just makes it really interesting. Right, right. So that sounds really awesome. So definitely, definitely keep me updated. Uh, oh, I totally forgot. Please, uh, you know, um, do you have a newsletter? Or I just was curious, I meant to ask earlier. We do have a, um, if you go to my website, uh, ryan-lance.com, you can sign up for my newsletter on there. And as it says, I promise no more than four per year plus new product releases. So I'm not going to spam you every week. Please come. Please come help me out. <laughs> I, I think it's funny when people always say, I'm like, I don't care. I, say, I only sign up for newsletters where I want the information at this point. So yeah, I'm yeah. like, that's fine. Um, but no, that sounds awesome. And I just want to remind people in our audience that if you are new uh, and you just happen to find us somewhere or somehow, um, you know, you could find all of Ryan's um, socials, his websites, you know, Torchlight Book. Everything's going to be in the description uh, anywhere where you're watching this video or listening to this audio. Uh, and that goes for all of our authors as well. You can also find this episode uh, and information uh, for Ryan. If you're actually watching on our website, um, on our WordPress, uh, you can actually go right there and click on the YouTube. And then it'll actually take you right to the description where you can actually do the same thing. Uh, but just want to make sure, you know, people are going to our authors and creator sites. Uh, and we also want to make sure, just as a reminder, please make sure you're reviewing those products. Ryan has mentioned that a couple of times in this video. Uh, so I always review products, uh, no matter what they are in terms of creators. If it's a comic book, audio, audible, you know, it helps out um, people like Amy Hutchinson, Erin um, Moon that'll be on. She's another audio narrator. It helps out the editors, everybody, cover artists like, you know, Ryan mentioned. So I just want to make sure that we're still, you know, kind of going with that theme from the last couple of seasons. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. I, you have me really thinking yeah. about a couple of different things now. Um, which is always really fun for me before I go into my writing session. I love doing podcasts beforehand because it just helps me, you know, get the juices flowing and stuff on uh, the wheels turning. But uh, if there's anything I can do, you know, I'll send you the uh, dates later today on when this will air. Uh, if there's anything else I can do before or after, just message me, let me know. Um, you know, you, you so got much. the group thing, but yeah, anything I can do at all to help you out, just let me know and I'll help you as best I can. Hey, thanks. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. Anytime. Great podcast. I'm, in, I'm enjoying listening to your podcast. I started going back through them and like, it's like, it's really interesting. Oh, I've had some, I've been really lucky. I've had some very, um, 
interesting talks and people had really good answers so it's been a, a fun yeah. journey so far so I'm gonna try and keep it going as long as possible so cool well yeah, great thank you so much uh like i said you know if you need anything just message me on facebook or anything like that or email me and i'll help you out as best i can other than that though i hope you have a great rest of the day and i will talk to you soon talk to you soon thank you see you later